Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 144. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT Podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and if you are new to this whole podcasting world, welcome, and thank you for taking some time to join us today. As always, I'm joined by Clara from Next Step Test Prep. And again, if you are new to the podcasting world, go check out mededmedia.com, where we have many other podcasts that will help you on your journey into and now even through medical school. And I say through because now we have a board prep podcast for medical students, something that will help you prepare for step one or level one, depending on if you are an MD school or a DO school. We're continuing our breakdown of Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10 right now. Clara, back for some more MCAT podcast. Psych so discreet this time. How are you today? I'm great. I am really excited for these discreet questions. Why? <laughs> I like discreet psych <laughs> questions. They're they're fun. They're like, you know it or you don't, but sometimes they're little tricks. So Spoken like a true MCAT nerd. <laughs> That's the truth. All right. So let's talk about discreet for psych sos. Are there any secrets that you've been holding on to that you can tell the listener right now? Here's what you should be doing for psychosis discretes. Totally. Uh, so there, it, it, there are a variety of, of strategies, right? Like everyone has a bunch of different strategies. And one of the biggest ones I can say is sort of just a tip is um, don't pick an answer choice if you don't know what it means. Because uh, so often... <laughs> That's I all I do, though. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, if you don't, <laughs> it depends if you're early in your prep and like you don't know what anything means, then you're kind of stuck okay. <laughs> doing, doing that way. But, um, but if you're, let's say you're like on your actual test day, uh, and you think, um, you get to the test and you see these questions you don't understand, uh, the likely response is going to be like, oh my God, I just forgot to study this or something like that. Uh, when in reality, the AAMC absolutely does use answer choices that you're not supposed to know what they mean. Mm. So if you see some random choice of some word you've never seen before, uh, it's pretty likely to be a wrong answer unless you can prove that all the other answer choices are wrong. So don't fall into the trap of thinking like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. I must just not know this word. Is that similar to like last week we had the the question about stress 
where they you you had adaptive stress and cognitive stress and and those really aren't things but they're similar enough to other things that maybe you're thinking about is that the kind of thing that you're you're talking about Oh definitely yeah that and that's how it usually manifests so usually it'll this um wrong answer choice as something you don't need to know or it doesn't exist uh usually will manifest as something that looks pretty similar to a correct answer choice but it just isn't a term you need to know. And then students are trapped into thinking like, oh, I, I know cognitive, I know stress, maybe they are a thing that I need to know. Um, so, so yeah, and occasionally they can manifest as like, oh, this here's a word, like I have no idea what this word is, but that that's more rare. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our discrete questions today. I'll start here with question 44. When medical faculty members engage in unprofessional behavior towards patients and students, what type of norm do they violate? A, edicts, B, laws, C, folkways, or D, mores? Oh, for some reason, edicts stands out to me, and I don't know why. Uh, Laws... I mean, like they're not breaking the law if they're acting unprofessional. So that's unless there's, again, some specific definition for what a law is in psych. So uh, I have no idea what folkways is. So that's one of those like, don't pick what you don't know. Uh, <laughs> Moors, I don't know what Moors that. Yeah. So I would go, I'm going to go with edicts because that's the only one that, that there's just something about it that's standing out to me. So the right answer for this one is D. Okay. D, um, more. And actually, D is pronounced, it's kind of funny, it's pronounced like mores. Oh, mores. So mores. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like mores. If I but... would have known how to pronounce it, I would have gotten it right, probably. Yeah, well, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so it, mores, um, if you don't know it, it, it's kind of impossible. But, but it's a good one to understand what it means, because basically... Uh, if we just look at these answer choices, if we start with B, actually B is laws. Um, laws doesn't have a special psych definition. A law is just a law. Mm-hmm. But it, it could be the right answer if they had talked about something that was more formal, more actually written down, where there are these formal consequences for breaking them like that. That would be a law. Okay. And of the formality scale is folkways. So folkways are, um, they're norms, but they're super, super informal. Uh, so something like holding the door open for somebody um, in certain situations or like, you know, not eating with your hands. Uh, those are folkways because if you violate them, no one really gets hurt. Like there are no real consequences, but they're they're kind of like manners, essentially. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. There's tons of folkways that are relevant to our daily lives, but mores are in the middle. So a more is something where. Uh, this this faculty members being unprofessional. It's it's a little bit more serious than like eating with your hands, mm-hmm. but it's not as serious as to um, make it so they're breaking a law. Okay, and edicts apparently has nothing to do with anything, which is why I picked it. <laughs> edict is not a formal psychosoc term. So an edict is like a proclamation, like a you know an old like medieval knight might have given an edict or something but it's not not really thou shall not have unprofessional behavior towards patients <laughs> and students that's an edict oh, there it is <laughs> <laughs> looks like we were wrong oh man all right i knew i was right all right so mores folkways i like that one i'm going to uh, i'm going to mention that next time someone holds the door open for me I'm like hey nice folkway yeah do it 
All right. Question 45. 45. A board of trustees investigated rising costs at a hospital and found that employee turnover was rising, causing deficient, unskilled care and leading to increased cost and lower revenue. The hospital board, citing the hospital's tradition of excellent care and happy employees, decided to ignore this report's recommendations in favor of those given by an outside consulting group who said the cost rise was due to local economic conditions. This choice exemplifies what kind of bias? A, in-group bias, B, confirmation bias, C, out-group bias, or D, attribution bias? Oh, this this is important. I think it's this seems to come up all the time. This bias question. So, um, this is my unofficial answer: is know all the different biases because it seems to be a very popular question, especially for next step. Apparently, um, all right. So the the board of trustees is investigating the board decided to ignore the report's recommendations in favor of wait uh the board of trustees investigated i guess in the investigation that's where the report came from uh and so they went with an outside consulting group who said the cost rise would due to local economic conditions Hmm. The choice exemplifies what kind of bias. So in-group confirmation, out-group attribution. Oh, man. Um, so I, I think the key here is this second sentence. The hospital board citing, so they're giving the reason why they're ignoring the recommendations, citing hospitals' tradition of excellent care and happy employees decided to ignore the report's recommendations. And so they were looking for something that confirmed what Uh they thought, which is excellent care and happy employees. So the unskilled care and increased loss, uh, increased costs and lower revenue, blah, 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 is against what they think. Um, And so they're going with the outside consulting group because that will support their confirmation. So I'm going to go with B. Perfect. Woohoo. Perfect. Yeah. Woohoo. Confirmation bias. That's a classic type of bias. Yeah. Uh, and that is, yeah. Um, and you're right, by the way. You should just know know all the types of bias that you would ever see in your MCAT book or whatever resource you're using because they come up a lot. I, I think it'd be easy to kind of skip over that middle sentence that says citing the hospital's tradition which is the the kind of thing that stood up to me is oh here's the reason why they have a bias um and and go and jump to well they're they're looking at outside consulting groups so it must be an out group bias if if that's a thing i don't even know but that that would probably stand out to me as uh a, a very common mistake that students would make and just pick out group bias Totally, totally. Because this this whole long question stem, I mean, a lot of it looks kind of fluffy, right? Like, oh, why do we really care about the hospital's tradition of excellent care and happy employees? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, that could lead to the, exactly what you're referring to here, which is just sort of skim over it, say, oh, this isn't really relevant to what I know in psych but I see that they went with the recommendation of the outside group. Uh, and that actually, if that were the reasoning I'd behind be it, bias. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, there's in-group bias or out-group bias that's possible here, right? So, like, in-group bias would be if they went with their own report. So, mm. they're like, oh, um, our own people did this report, so we we think it's right. Yeah. Uh, that would be in-group. Uh, out-group would be like, oh, our own people, they're terrible. Like, we, we prefer the out-group. We prefer external resources, external yeah. people. Okay. Uh, so, neither of those is happening here. Oh, uh, okay. I see. Uh, and then attribution bias, what it, what would that be? Attribution bias is kind of a broader term that just refers to um, our own tendencies to explain others' uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. So like fundamental attribution error where we um, explain others as behaving in certain ways for certain reasons. Um, that's related to attribution bias, but we're not actually explaining. Like we don't have a person who's like explaining why another driver cut him off on the freeway or anything. So it's just not relevant to this situation. Okay. Very cool. All right. Got one right. Finally. Uh, All right. Question 46. Studies show that a factor in the development of groupthink is insulation from outside opinions. Which of the following hospitals would be least likely to be prone to administrative groupthink? All right. So this is one of those least questions. So you have to be be careful here. Uh, A, a hospital where the chief administrators arbitrarily override staff decisions. B, a hospital where a team of MBAs has been brought in to replace its previous management. C, a hospital where nurses and physicians have a tradition of seeing, quote, whine, uh, whining to management as unprofessional. Or D, a hospital where administrators are promoted internally from clinical and clerical staff. So the question is asking which of the following would be least likely to be prone to administrative groupthink. And it's nice because they define groupthink um, as insulation from outside opinions, uh, or at least help us with that definition. So the question, I guess, is saying which one would be more likely to have outside opinions. Mm. And I mean, the only one where that kind of stands out is answer choice B, where a team of MBAs have been brought in to replace its previous management. So they're, they're bringing in outside opinions uh, to do that. Mm. Answer choice A is the chief administrators arbitrarily override staff decisions. So they don't want um, the out quote unquote outside outside of the administrator's opinion. Um, C nurses and physicians have a tradition of seeing whining to management as unprofessional again. So the management isn't getting the outside opinions of the nurses and physicians. And D a hospital where administrators are promoted internally from clinical and clerical staff. So again, kind of all the same thinking. So potentially. So it's interesting. D now kind of is interesting because then the outside opinions, oh man, uh, they're getting clinical and clerical staff, which could be outside opinions to administrators, but it's still inside the hospital versus a team completely outside the hospital is brought in to replace management. Oh man. So I'm going to go with B just because it seems more likely to be the answer than D, but D's awfully tempting. <laughs> it is D. Oh man. <laughs> You're close. Oh, so that's, <laughs> that's interesting. So 
Oh, wait a minute. So is it because of the, the, the question here, least likely to be prone to, quote, administrative groupthink? Is that the... It is. The, the key part of the question? Okay, so it's just read the question. So because it's administrative groupthink, if you replace one management team with another management team, you can still have administrative groupthink if the management is ignoring everybody else versus answer choice D is if the administrators are promoted from the the underlings, then you are less likely to have the administrative group thing because you're getting people of all varieties from the hospital. So that's why D stood out to me. I just didn't go back to the question to see exactly what they were asking. Ah, oh, man. Exactly. <laughs> no, you, you did good. Um, we people really mess this question up. This is probably um, one of our most missed questions of this entire section. Uh, and people wow. do exactly what you did. They, they tend to pick B. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the key is that when you're stuck between two like that, like B versus D, uh, that's a great opportunity to go back to the question and reread it because they can't both be right. So there must be some word or some sort of adjective that tells us which is better. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was good. Good learning. I, I made a very good mistake there for students to learn. Oh, totally. I would love to say it was on purpose, but it wasn't. <laughs> oh, well. All right. All right. Question 47. Many sociologists predict that cardiovascular disease will affect a larger proportion of the population as the average age of the U.S. citizen increases. This statistic of cardiovascular rates per 1,000 people is known as the A, sufferance rate, B, mortality rate, C, incidence rate, or D, appearance rate. Oh, this is just one of those things you kind of have to know, and I'm pretty sure it's incidence, C. Yeah, you're right. All right. That, that's an easy one. Uh, that's a give me, I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, incidence is just known as kind of the the numbers of people who have a specific disease in the population. Yeah. Um, and this made this question made it pretty easy because all the wrong answer choices are totally out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. A and D aren't even real things. Uh, and B, mortality rate is a um, rate of, of death. Yeah. Patients. So. Yeah. You guys made that one too easy. But I'll, I'll take a free answer you, any day. You know, you'd be surprised. There's sometimes very easy questions on the real test. So Really? All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, love it. All right. There you have it. A good set of discreets. Hopefully, you got some great information, some good tidbits that will hopefully show up on your exam so that you know the answers to those questions. If you need a little more personalized help with your MCAT prep, check out Next Step Test Prep tutoring. Next Step Test Prep came into this world as a tutoring company. That's what they are known for. That's how they made a name for themselves, by being the best tutoring company around. Now they have an amazing course, one of the, the best course out there for the MCAT, as well as the second best full-length exams. And second best in this world is good because they're second behind the AAMC. So go check out their tutoring if you're going to need, or if you think you need, a little bit more one-on-one help with your MCAT prep. Go to nextsteptestprep.com, use the promo code MCATPOD, or let them know you heard about Next Step Tutoring from the podcast, and you can save $50 off that tutoring. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. 